And now for a little bit of trivia. The name of this podcast is called Spittin' Dirt. Now, based on the title, what would you say this podcast is about? Is it A, bringing you live updates from the most prestigious runways in the world? B, a storytime show with fun topics like dinosaurs and animals for kids? Or C, a show about getting dirty? Trail adventures and badass projects from the garage. We think you know the answer. This is Spittin' Dirt. We're off road enthusiasts sharing our experiences with all terrain vehicles on and off the trail. If you hear this, physically stimulated you're listening to the right show this is spitting dirt and here are your hosts roly and scott welcome back to spitting dirt with sky and roly so today's episode we're going to kick off with what gear should we bring in our rides whether we are riding an atv a side-by-side or maybe even a dirt bike with uh, your backpack. So, Roly. Yeah. What? Uh, before we get to that, what is your love for riding? Like, why do you love riding so much in a side by side? Well, it's not just specifically side by side. I started with the love of quads. I just recently moved into the side by side world. I'm starting to dig that good because daughter can now wear a seatbelt instead of sitting behind me on the quad and we can bring more gear. Hence one of the topics that we're talking about today. Yeah. Um, but my, uh, my whole thing is getting away from this, uh, giving it, getting away from the rustle of bustle of life and getting out in the woods, getting out in the wilderness and getting out into places that you just, you don't get to go into the grocery store and, you know, just to get away from the phones ringing and all that stuff. So, um and sharing uh mother nature with the little one is awesome so yeah it's definitely peaceful getting out onto the trail and and seeing like you said what mother nature has to offer what are what's in our back country of of canada whether it be alberta british columbia and uh hopefully further provinces going east as we uh move along uh for myself like you said uh, well, I started on a dirt bike, but uh, have went for through trikes, ATVs, and side by side. The reason is being, for me, is the packing more gear and being more comfortable with the family. Uh, our little guy Mason, he's in the third seat in the middle, and the wife is in the uh, passenger seat, and off we go. So yeah, I'd uh, I'd agree with. Well, how much gear do you bring now compared to what you brought with the ATV? Well, it was kind of, it's kind of funny because essentially I bring the same gear, but now I have room to bring more. So now I've added a chainsaw to my arsenal, uh, you know, folding shovels, saws, stuff that, you know, on an ATV, once you pack like, you know, your basics, your first aid, all that stuff and change of clothes and, and, and different types of uh, 
clothing for the different weather, whether it's going to be raining, snowing or whatnot. Um, now I just, I can put more in, right? Uh, even some people that we ride with, they have a nice portable barbecue that comes along too, because some of the places we ride to, depending on fire bans and stuff like that, and some places that don't allow open pit fires, a nice barbecue, just throw it out and still get the hot dogs and stuff going, right? So That's the one thing I haven't packed yet is yeah. the barbecue, but I have the roof rack now installed. So that is... I uh, already pulled it out of storage, so it's ready to be put into the side-by-side and shuffle some gear around and uh, definitely set for the longer trips. Uh, so what... I'm, go ahead. I know getting into the sport, being really new at it, so um, best good thing to say right now is you definitely need to be prepared for the unforeseen. You can yep. always be you can always be prepared for what you're planning for that day, but you should always think about being prepared for the unforeseen. Like me getting when I got new into the sport, I bought a used Suzuki. You know, Vincent went out there, and basically, the only gear that I packed was my lunch. And having an older machine and stuff like that, she was she was bulletproof. She was a pretty good tank, but we did have some things where you know, a flat tire or something like that and not having anything as basic as just a simple tire pump, whether it be a manual pump or an uh, electric pump, not having that really put a, you know, a wedge in your ride. Cause now it's like, okay, I'm flat now. I have absolutely nothing to fix it. So I'm going to be riding back on my rim. So, which now is right now I'm now I'm I'm most likely going to have to replace the tire now I'm maybe the rim's going to be bent or whatnot so not being prepared not only ruined a day but cost me more money by the time I got that thing back to the truck right that's just it yep so it's good to say like to be prepared and stuff like that and 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 a lot of things that people think about like basic stuff like what would you think of basic stuff well Basic would be for me would be if we're talking actual gear uh, would be a first aid kit because anybody can get hurt in many different ways, whether it be an ATV side by side Uh, would be your tire patch kit with a compressor. If you have the uh, storage capacity to do that, if you don't at least have a tire repair kit so you can plug it and hopefully you're with somebody that does have a air pump. And uh, your basic uh, wrenches and uh, socket set. So at least you can, uh, you know, take the tire off or tighten up some bolts or, you know, uh, wrench on the machine if you need to, uh, depending what the issue is. So manual hand pump compressor. I've seen some people have CO2 cartridges. That's one thing I've never actually used. I've seen people carry them but I haven't used one. I've seen them used to pop a tire back on the bead. Um, So it actually has that enough uh, compression to actually do that. eh? If you can get the tire just about seated, you can get, you know, you still have to use some somewhat of uh, what, what happened at that particular instance. They had the tire just about on the bead. And then, uh, they were able to get some air into it. Um, it was a, air, a compressor air pump. It wasn't the greatest. It was one of those, 
you know, compressors that you take out that you buy really cheap at the, you know, Canadian Tire or whatever, you use it once and it just never seems to work again. But it was enough to get a little bit of air in there. Um, it took like three shots of CO2 to actually get it to seat with some help with a ratchet strap. <laughs> but uh, it, that was my next were, question is how were, how are you holding that tire to the bead? But a ratchet strap, yeah, going yeah, around so, the center of the tire and squish it um, in. I've seen that happen a few times. Uh, well, the one time with the CO2, but uh, can of ether. Everybody, somebody always seems to have that can, can of ether. <laughs> yeah, that, that good old can of ether. Let's let's spray that in the tire and light that up. Um, I've seen that work almost every time it's used, and I would say it's about a fifty percent success rate on uh, trimming the eyebrows back too. If you're not paying attention, exactly. So, so you definitely got to watch out there. Um, so as I, so I come in from the sport of learning. So I'm like, I wouldn't say that I'm still learning, but I'm fairly new into the sport, like maybe six, seven years I've been riding, been uh, riding with guys that have been riding their whole lives. So it seems like every ride I learn something from somebody every time, um, like simple little things, like you said, like the basic kit, like, um, you can go online. There's lots of places if you search for it. Like it just depends where you are. I found a lot of things online. Um, people down in the states are sharing stuff um, about what they pack on their gear, and it turns out that uh, there's a lot of people down south that carry a 45 Magnum with them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, all right, all right. Well, when in yep. doubt, I guess, right? Um, um, so uh, let's see. Some of the tricks that I've seen on the trail. Um, a ball joint. That's one that always seems to happen quite familiar is a, a ball joint popping out. Okay. And then not being able to get that nut back on. Like it's basically, you got to get Shot. home. Yep. I've seen people use baler twine, haywire, yep. um, you know, even rolls of duct tape whatever it would take just to be able to limp that back to the, to the vehicle. Um, but the one thing that I, I did see um, was one of the guys that we were riding with, he popped a ball joint and he learned this from a poker rally. He went to um, one of the things that's now on my list to put into my, my gear kit for this, this upcoming season is a bicycle tube. A, a tube for a bicycle tire. Okay. Go on. Um, You've got my attention. So basically, once your ball joint pops out, you can wiggle it back into where it's supposed to be. And yes. get, get it back through. And then you take a bicycle tube and you cut it. And now you wrap it around like super tight. And then you tie it. And the tension and the, elast the elastic of that bicycle tube will hold that in place no shit and it's the most simplest thing that you can pick up at any store that sells bikes yeah 10 bucks right 10 and it's reusable that's so, awesome and it can be used as a tourniquet I, you know you can it can it's there's so many things that can be used with a bicycle tube plus well, i guess i'm going to be adding that to my kit because i don't have that <laughs> so <laughs> When I seen it happen, I couldn't believe it. You don't think about what that's rubber's going to hold that, that thing to get, Hey, you got it back to the truck. Yep. So, you know, there you go. Um, 
So do you, so people, when, when we're looking at gears and stuff that they bring. Well, it also all depends on, you know, with the gear, what do you have to store the gear? Are you on a dirt bike with a backpack? Are you on an ATV with a front storage box or a rear storage box? Or you don't have either of them and all you have is that little cubby hole in the rear end of the ATV, right? Um, and then the side-by-side, -side, you have, yeah, you have your cargo area that could just be flopping around um, or your glove box. So it all, I, like really it all depends on, on the rider, on the storage capacity that you have. So if we're getting down, if we go, for example, if we go to the size of a backpack, which technically uh, you could wear on an ATV, you could fit the items. Most ATVs now have the front storage compartment or, uh, and definitely the rear. So what would you put in that, in that backpack size storage, no matter what unit you were riding? A get out of jail free card. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, it's 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 kind of neat that you mentioned that. Like, I had a conversation today actually with uh, a couple members of uh, Search and Rescue. Um, and essentially, where did you, you get stuck? Uh, you can survive. <laughs> I didn't get stuck anywhere. It was <laughs> it was at work, and you know, I didn't want to work at that particular time. So let's have a conversation. Um, but yeah, um, they were saying that in a backpack, you could pack enough essentials to basically survive 72 hours, if not more. If you know um, what to properly pack. If you know, and a backpack is a very good tool um, because it's not about the size of the item. It's basically the use of the item. Yes. So like what they call space blankets or heat blankets or those aluminum blankets. When you buy them, they come all folded into like this little tiny package. Um, yeah, I the, size of your, the size of your fist, really, right? Yeah, I, ch I challenge anybody to fold it and get it back in the package. <laughs> I'd like to see that happen. I'd pay I would for like, it. I'd, <laughs> you know, I'd, no matter what it is, whether it's raincoats that you can get that have the pouch attached to it. So you roll it back up. So it's back inside the pouch when you're not wearing it getting those things back into its original spots or just like, you know, you need to know which way to fold it and roll it to be able to properly get it back in without stuffing it. Right. Well, then it also depends. Are you going for the day? Are you going for the weekend? But a day can easily turn into two days in the wrong scenario. It sure can. Right. Or even three or more. It sure can. Um, so, breaking down kits and gear so you'd have your your first aid right so you got your and a lot of people you figure like well what do you put in your first aid kit i'm going to be honest right now i don't put anything in my first aid kit you buy it as a kit i buy it already as a kit yeah um usually whether you know they are yeah, it's a certified alberta kit yeah or bc wherever you are you know yes there's Sorry. different items and stuff like that um but that's my go-to. Um, I will look at that first aid kit and I would compare that to my storage. 
And I'm also going to compare it to who's traveling with me all the time. So if I'm with my daughter, well, I want to make sure that that first aid kit will cover myself, will cover my daughter. And I have proper storage that it's not going to get wet. It's not going to get full of mud. It's, it's not going to, you know, like when I'm ready to use it, the stuff's going to be good to go. Yeah. Um, I hope I never have to use it. And I'll have to say, knock on wood, um, that every single year I'm buying a new first aid kit because I just find that I never use my kit from last year. I've never had to. Um, I don't call using a Band-Aid because, you know, you got a, a little cut from a sliver or something like that or something really minute. But I've never, ever had to use it and i just well i saw this kit this kit has a little bit more this kit and every year i just just it's one of these things i just buy a new kit okay um the old kits i can donate them whatever like that but it's just i find i just buy new kits because um i want to know that everything in there is fresh new ready to go yeah um i just have this thing that over time you know, being stuffed in a storage or a compartment, you know, um, is that bandaid going to stick when I need it? Is that gauze, you know, like all flattened out or decrepit or whatever? Um, what else do they have in there? The iodine kits and stuff like that, or make sure that there's no expiry dates on stuff that, yeah. that it's, that it's all new and fresh. That's my personal thing. Um, so that would take care of my first aid stuff. Okay. Um, then it's like now, like you said, you need to be prepared for a day or two. So now you're now you're looking more than a first aid kit. Now you're looking at a survival kit. Um, the rule of thumb is for every person that's with you that you're traveling with. Uh, that's with so it would be me and my daughter. Uh, kind of the rule of the thumb that I found out talking to, you know, paramedics and search and rescue and this and that is. You should always calculate that you have enough water for the day, but you should always calculate that you have a liter of water for each person that you're with for every day, because okay. you can survive, you can survive one liter of water. You can, um, I can, you know, you can stretch that out. So that was good to know. I'm like, okay, well I always pack enough water, but do I have enough water if that day turns into two days? Have you thought about one of those, uh, uh, rescue straws that you can uh, filter. I haven't, I haven't heard too much about the the rescue straws, but the, the a lot I don't of know people... what they're called. To be honest, I'm calling it the rescue straw, but it's a straw that you put into a lake or river, and as you're sucking through it, it's filtering supposedly through its EPA filter, whatever is in there. Well, then they got those uh, purifying tablets as well. So oh, okay, so you get a bucket of water or a cup of water and put a tablet in and it, 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 uh, well, that's the premise, I guess the, okay. Right. Um, so now you're looking at, you, you need to, you're out there longer than the day. Now I do know with today's technology, you know, you got to think about your communication, right? What's your communication to the outside world? Uh, normally nowadays with our GPS phones and satellite phones and our, and our phone coverage and people with, uh, you know, walkie talkies and stuff like that, that one day normally never turns into two days. Normally you're able to 
get somebody or get a hold of somebody that I could at least get the people out and then worry but, another day to go back and get the machine, right? What's interesting, sorry to interrupt you, Roly. What's interesting is even though we have this technology, uh, the amount of people that you actually go riding with actually have a cell phone with them because they don't want to destroy a couple hundred dollar cell phone. So they leave it at the truck or their their house or wherever. I've met quite a few people that don't have one. And two, yes, we are able to contact uh, most of the time if you have cell service. And because of that, a lot of people, when they leave their house, they're not telling whoever else that's staying, you know, whether it's someone at their actual house or someone that they know nearby that, hey, I'm going riding at this location. They just go because they have a cell phone and then they forget that where they're riding, they might not have cell service and it might take a few miles to get back into a cell service area. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, you, we, I, I'll, I'll touch on something about that, um, about having a, I guess, a pre-planned trip, like a, a plan, right? Yeah. Um, there's a great thing that I did find out about today that I'm, I'm going to share with everybody a bit later here. It's, it's a great tool okay. um, for, for that specific scenario that you spoke about right then and there. Um, but uh, to move, like getting back to the kits, like I was kind of saying, like a lot of people with the technology we have, they never like in the back of their mind, they're like, yeah, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. We can always get out. We can always get a hold of somebody if I have to. You know, I've heard of people. Uh, I climbed the closest hill and I got cell service and I was able to get somebody and stuff like that. Um, but in the meantime, when you're waiting for somebody to get, like, what type of survival kit are you looking at? What are you packing for a survival kit? Do you have a survival kit in your in your machine? Uh, no, I wouldn't say I would have a well. It all depends on what you call a survival kit, but really I would say, I have to say no. You could, in ways, yeah. some people would say I have a close to survival kit for what I carry, but I don't actually have a survival kit that would, uh, that I can classify as a survival kit, if you know what I'm trying to explain. Okay. And I'm going to have to be honest and say, no, I, I don't have a survival kit. Um, I would... I have enough to survive the ride and um, looking into this stuff. Are you prepared? It, it's a, it's an eye opener. You know, it's an eye opener for sure. Exactly. Um, exactly that for what we get away with on in an easy day, how easily a day's ride could go horribly wrong. You know, 99% uh, of the time people are going for the day and having no problem getting back out. Right. But so, so I guess the whole point, like the whole, why we're talking, why we're sharing this and, and sharing it with everybody out there is like one of the, one of the things that one, one of the uh, search and rescue people uh, asked me today said, so you have a first aid kit? I said, yeah, I have a first aid kit. Do you know how to use it? And I sat back and I've done the first aid course. So yeah, yeah I, I, I can, In ways. you know, but think about it yes you do you have a first aid kit yeah yeah i got a first aid kit it's right there it's but in how the back. many we're, we're good how many people but, have but never... do you know how to use it exactly um you know um well, 
I can another say, thing is 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 a survival kit. What would determine a survival kit? Now, we're not talking about you know some reality TV show, you know, where you're you're gonna have to go and build a hut or whatever or some. But so I can go ahead. What would you do if you were stuck? And let's just say you didn't get stuck and you were stranded for two days. Let's just say you got stuck, but somebody you, you, you couldn't get yourself to a safe location or be safe at home until much later in the evening. And it started to rain or it started to snow. So now you're one hour, two hours, three hours past which you planned to be back home. Now you're one, two, three hours in rain, in snow. Yeah. What do now, you have with you that's going to help you survive? Exactly. Um, do so you have an extra. Do you have extra clothes. I can I can do list you, off what I have, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Do, do you have a blanket? Do you have? Uh, uh, you know, like, are you able going to? Are you Are you going to be able to survive? Like, I wouldn't say survive, but. Are able to get warm? So do you have a blanket, like you said, or can you start a fire? Uh, do you have that extra water liter of water to keep you hydrated? Do you have a couple snacks to get you by for a couple hours uh, to give you some food, right? Um, that's just exactly it. And a lot of the time, uh, you know, you know, you see riders with the bare minimum. And I mean, bare minimum of even uh, to where it's just the their helmet and their shirt on their back. And you see it all the time. I live right uh, near a riding area, right? And uh, yes, we are close to a town with the riding area uh, a few minutes away, but anything can happen. Um, and even with it being, let's take away this close area, uh, multiple riding areas have been to throughout the years you know you could be three hours in the bush and you still see that so it, it uh i think it all comes with experience as well you know uh for example you're going out and learning and gaining knowledge from what you've seen with the this tube tire right uh, yep. doing the ball joint i would have never thought of that but you experienced it so now you know for next time and you plan to put that in your kit and I think that's where it really comes down to is, is getting involved in scenarios and then understanding what you wish you had at that time. And so now next time you are making sure you have it so that you can, right? Unfortunately, you know, as human beings, sometimes we just go that route instead of listening to, uh, you know, uh, a rescue, uh, rescue people that are giving you knowledge like they do say a first aid kit a rescue kit you know a gps even went just for hikers but how many hikers even do that right they just put on their shoes and hit the trail i find that uh most hikers that i've encountered have more gear on them than some people that are going I out riding a true hiker, yes, I will agree, has the proper gear and going out. But the everyday drove that's going, oh yeah, I'm going to go out hiking. I would, I would uh, say, doesn't. But uh, 
a hiker that that's their hobby, that's their go-to, yes, they definitely have more gear than what a lot of riders have with a machine, for sure. Because they have a machine, they figure that they're they're going in, they're getting out, no matter what, right? But that's yeah. not always the case. So here's a, a small list that was something to think about uh, when we were talking about, like, survival kit, right? Okay. Um, a lot of people are thinking like, all right, like I said, you know, it's not a reality show. You're not trying to win a prize. Basically you just want to adapt to your environment, be able to overcome your environment so you can get home safely. Right. Um, so there's some things on this list. It's not a big list, but there's some things on this list that it's everyday stuff, but it's something that you probably wouldn't think about on the trail. Right. Um, it doesn't list specifically what you would use it for. Some of it's self-explanatory. Okay. Um, some of it is like, I wonder why. Um, so, we, you know, we already got our first aid stuff, you know, the whole bit. And everybody, you know, if you're out there, hopefully everybody's carrying their bear spray. I guess down uh, down in the States, they're more, you know, bullet people. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, but mind you, their jurisdiction, their laws and stuff, they're allowed to. Are way different, yeah. They are way different. So, Obviously, if we had the same laws up here, I'm pretty sure more people would be packing as opposed to bear spray. Um, and that's another topic we can discuss a little bit uh, about bear spray. Um, but uh, this list here, um, I would have never thought, like I said, some of this stuff out on the trail. Um, on the list here, we got survival candle. Um, I don't know why it's specifically called a survival candle, but we'll just say a candle. Uh, matches, waterproof, okay? Um, lighter. So now you got three sources there of heat, three sources there of fire, right? Um, one thing that's so, so easy, um, a mirror. I would have never thought to bring a mirror. No, uh, I would have never thought about bringing a, mirror uh, a compact mirror. It's, it's a way to signal for help. Um, um, a small compass. Do you, do you carry a compass? Nope. I don't have, uh, a lot of people have GPS work. and they are using that GPS, the compass yep. on the GPS, right? Yep. But do you have, when the power goes out, <laughs> do you have a compass? No, I don't. Do you know how to use a compass? Yes. I just okay. don't have one. I know that it's always pointing north. And I remember back when I was a kid learning about compasses and putting it on the map and figuring out, but I don't know. Unless I knew exactly that the truck was southwest of me I, I would most likely find the truck you know but yeah um cotton ball vaseline that's for starting a fire isn't what exactly that's a it's a perfect fire starter cotton yeah. ball vaseline that'll I, start a fire can i add another one that a lot of people don't maybe not are aware of oh yeah for sure uh your lint dryer that your your lint out of your dryer so you keep that and your toilet uh, your toilet paper rolls okay. stuff the stuff your lint into the toilet paper roll. And that is a great fire starter. We, me and the wife use it all the time. And uh, I actually don't have that in my kit right now, but that's usually something I have in my kit. I don't use the Vaseline and cotton ball. I reuse, you could say, and uh, use the uh, lint from our dryer and the, the remaining toilet paper roll cardboard and you just stuff it, put it in a Ziploc bag, and and then when you need to use it, light it on fire, stick it in with some uh, branches, and away you go. Now you have a fire. 
that that's cool i'm gonna definitely have to try that yeah uh because you're always throwing out your lint i i don't mind being the guy that smells good on the trail yeah there you go yeah um so think another thing here um it has wrote down here and i've never thought about this everybody's got like a saw an axe a chainsaw folding saw whatever but on this list right here wire type saw oh i i would have never thought about that but that makes sense it's compactable so this is all stuff that's still fitting in that backpack with your first aid kit yeah okay um water purification tablets i'm gonna look more into that um i i don't know how effective they are um i don't know if there's limitations to it i don't know if you can just walk up to any stream or any lake so i'm not gonna say hey run out i'd suggest please like look into it um yeah whether it's that or or filtrations or something like that um a folding knife now you know whether it be a swiss army knife a multi-tool knife or whatever um that's great to have, but they also say you should have a folding knife that's just dedicated, a knife on its own. Sometimes when you have the, the there's nothing wrong with the multi ones, but if the multi one, it's a little bit more cumbersome to do certain things with, right? Because they're yes. just a bit, you know, so just to have that nice folder, whether it's a pocket knife or just one in your backpack. Um, if you want to bring your great big machete, great, <laughs> you know, no problem there. Um, can opener. Yeah. Yeah, have you thought about ever bringing a can opener? No, I've never thought about bringing one, but uh, I'm you pretty know, sure multi tool would have one if you did carry that. Yeah, for sure. Um, stainless steel wire, about ten foot in length, rolled up. That's great. You can do all kinds of stuff with steel wire. Yeah. Um, a parachute cord, ten feet. There, another rolled up, small and bowl. Uh, parachute cord. I think they're just talking about the white nylon, really nice, strong, durable cord. Um, not too big, not too fat. Well, it's um, that, uh, yeah, it's that multicolored, uh, you know, quarter inch or even less cord, right? It's not even the, just the nylon. I can't remember exactly what, ma- uh, material, but yeah, it's made out of multiple different strands, but it's super small, super small, but super strong for uh creating your structures you know a trap or uh not a structure but a shelter right or using it to grab something you know multiple uses with rope but uh it's definitely not that yellow i want to say nylon but it's probably not even nylon but that crappy rope that you can buy at any hardware store do you know what i'm talking about that's a twisted definitely not that some people might not know what paracord is so i'll put a a photo in here of what you know paracord actually looks like so our listeners or viewers can see it uh going down the list here plastic bags ziploc bags um they're great (laughs) um when i started uh, before i even got my first set of hip waders my cell phone went into a Ziploc bag and then another Ziploc bag and it right in, in a pocket. And I've, and I've, I've been dirty. I've been submerged in water and it was enough protection that I never ruined a phone. Um, then I got the hip waders and, and, and ruined a phone. So go figure, right? So <laughs> 99 cent Ziploc bag, thousand dollar phone survives. 
Yeah. 300 pair of hip waders or $300 pair of hip waders. Cell phone didn't survive. Um, tea bags. I'm not sure why it's on the list. I don't know if it's more for a, a nutrition thing or if that's actually a, a first aid trick. I'm not sure. Gonna have to look into that because that's interesting. I'm, that's it's very interesting. Um, so if anybody's out there, hey, feel free. Yeah, let us know. Drop a line. It, yeah, please put it in the comments because I've never heard of that. Um, Lipton Lipton suit soup package. Well, yeah, I guess they have the, the cup of soups nowadays, right? Yeah, so, but the actual package. So I know you can get the cup of soups, but that's taking up more room in your backpack, right? No, no, no. What I mean, you actually get a package that's a yep. cup of soup. The wife yeah. loves them. That's why I know of them. So they're perfect for your 500 mils of cup versus the usual Lipton's that's four cups per one pouch. And if you look at it, most water bottles are 500 milliliters. Exactly. measured out for you. Yep. Um, salt tablets. Not sure about the salt tablets. Um, it's on there. I don't know. Again, if it's, is it a first aid thing? Is it a nutrition thing? Is it a dehydration? I don't know. I think so. I thought salt caused dehydration. Dehydration. Yeah. Uh, so That'd that's another one. Again, if anybody knows salt tablets on a survival kit, comment, let us know um aspirin uh, another one um i've you know i i always have tylenol and advil yeah ibuprofen um, for me but apparently aspirin is on the top list if you talk to nurses doctors search and rescue paramedics aspirin will always be on the top of the list and then your ibuprofen and your tylenol right so um it's good to have. I guess it does even help with shock. I think if somebody goes into shock or I know it does help with heart attacks, it doesn't save you, but it does help. Um, again, there's many uses for, I guess, aspirin um, on here. Instant coffee, I guess instant coffee would be something. I don't know. I guess you could make that up the caffeine, keep you awake, keep you aware. I don't know. Um, uh, uh, folded plastic garbage bag. I guess that would be good to separate wet stuff with dry stuff. Uh, you could turn that into a raincoat if you really needed to. Um, plastic bag, you cut your, you know, put your head through your arms. If you uh, had the right size. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I technically, I, I, I got a little bit more fashion sense. So I go with the recycling bags. Yeah, I, I think I think they match more my machine and, and my, my figure <laughs> a lot better. Uh, magnesium striker type fire starter. So, and you know, your flint, um, a lot of people have their matches, their lighter, whatnot. But what if those failed? Okay. Obviously yeah. the old school, like let's get some sticks together, rub them together. But can you successfully do it? I've tried. I've tried to start a fire with a stick the whole bow and, and stuff. I've yep. never been able, been able to, to successfully do it. I've made friction. I've made a little bit of smoke. I got tons of blisters on my fingers, but I've never successfully started a fire that way. I bet you if it came right down to it, I would probably have the determination to get one going, but having a, you know, a Flint type striker, I guess to start it that way would be good to have. Um, speaking of technology, phones, uh, you know, flashlights and stuff like that. 
Um, it seems like, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Um, somebody always has a flashlight. But when you go to turn it on, what normally happens? <laughs> not working. <laughs> it either is not working or it's dull or whatever. So on this list, believe it or not, is batteries. Extra batteries, yeah. Yeah. Um, and see, I and- have... I have that for my GPS because my GPS works on double A's. So I always have four extra double A's in my kit for my GPS. And it's funny that you say that because on this list, that's the size of batteries that are recommended are double A. Oh, really? Um, okay. So basically I'm looking at, all right, if I'm going to be running a flashlight or something like that, something small, something that I'm going to pack. Well, obviously I'm going to look for something that's going to be running on double A batteries um you know like you said your gps most things run on double a batteries um yeah double a batteries if you're if you're in, intuitive you can you know pieces of wire you can use it to power up i wouldn't say a lot of things but if you really needed to you could probably make your own flashlight out of the bulb of your machine a couple pieces of wire and a double a battery yeah it's been done um, and last on this list here, a whistle. Yeah. Do you have a whistle in your kit? Nope, but I used to make fun of somebody that did. <laughs> and I still do because they would use it. And the <laughs> time that we used it, the person that saw us, because we were now walking, I had a broken ankle at the time. I'm in a cast. So I'm out, of course, riding as a passenger. I'm not driving. I'm riding as a passenger. Uh, we get sunk in skeg. Uh, we were out walking on the road. We hear people riding in the area. So we're waiting and he brings out this whistle and is whistling away and I'm laughing my ass off. And the two guys come ripping around about half a click down the road. Uh, and they stop cause they see us waving. And then they, they heard the whistle and the one guy realized that uh, okay something's not right you know they're waving waving and they have a whistle and then the other guy heard the whistle and thought we were cops and took off the other way so he's like what is going on so we both like we didn't realize one knew what was going on and one didn't so because the one took off the other way his buddy realized he he's taken off so he whips around chases after him next thing we know they come back realizing that no we're not cops we're just stuck and we need for them to go get help um because we had no cell service and uh or well, yeah we didn't have yeah it was that we didn't have cell service the one spot that we're in we either had to walk to go get it now i'm freaking broken ankle so i'm just either hanging out by the machine and he's going for a walk or we're both staying uh but yes but think about it. The whistle. Yeah, can, think about you the can, whistle. You can you can buy a whistle at a dollar store. Yep, and it you could know. save your life. It can. It definitely can. Um, so that little list right there that was that I that I that I was provided. Why well, I, I found this? I, I don't even know what website I found this on, but um, they're saying that everything that was listed there could fit in an eight inch by four inch, 10 inch container, whether so it's Tupperware. your glove box or basically. the little storage box at the bottom of the TV or your backpack. So basically this could, you know, whether you're dirt biking, hiking, 
um, ATV, quad, whatever. Um, this would fit nicely in a backpack with your first aid kit and you'd still have room for your, the necessities that you would want to bring, you know, um, again, bear spray, uh, people like to wear it. Some people like to have it just clipped off the backpack. Some people just store it, um, about bear kit. You know, I always thought it was funny about the bear spray, um, was whenever you need it, are you ready to use it? Um, cause I always kind of used to make fun and I'd be like, cause I got bear, I got bear spray and I got it. It's still in the packaging that it came, that I bought it. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's stored in, in my side by side. And I often wonder, I'm like, well, there's a bear there. Do I have time to go back there? Like if I go, Hey, whoa, bear, just give me a second. I got to go back here and grab my bear spray. You know, like, is he going to wait for me? Am I going to be able to get it in time? Right. You know, like you see all the time, whoa, bear, whoa, bear. I'm going to be like, give me a second bear. Just, just one second. Right. Just, I, I got some treats. I'm just going to go get some treats back here. Right. Um, no, I think pretty sure if they're determined to, to, I wouldn't say charge you or whatever, but if they're determined and if they're curious and, and, and they're approaching, do you have time? Now, my go-to is put the son of a bitch in gear and get the hell out of Dodge. That's my go-to every time I come to a bear. Um, I just leave. That's it. Um, I've never been in a situation where I've never, uh, where I could not leave, but I just leave. I just get in my machine, go, see you later. Um, and it's never been an aggressive encounter, but you go that way, I go this way. We live happily ever after. That's just how I look at it. But again, you carry bear spray. Now, question for you, because I've been in both scenarios. When you're coming up, if you came up to a bear or passing a bear and you're in a group, are you pointing out that there's a bear or are you continuing on like you never saw anything and then letting people know that there was a bear well, in the area? I've pointed out and I'll and if there's other people coming the opposite way on the trail, I will stop. I will tell them uh, and stuff like that. But I've had two types of scenarios where there was a bear on the trail. I was the lead. Everybody was following. Um, I came around a corner, a bear walked up onto the path in front and kind of looked at us. Didn't like what he saw the whole bit. Did wasn't interested. Our machine was loud. Just walked right across the trail into the tree line and stopped at the tree line and just watched. Right. Um, so I slowed down. I didn't try and bolt out of there. I just kept an eye on where he was, where he walked into the tree line and I slowed down and I looked behind me and I did the signal watch, you know, there the whole bit and everybody that was behind me and I'm pointing and I'm driving away stopped to see what I was pointing at. And it was like, no, I didn't want you to stop. <laughs> I'm just trying to tell you there's a bear there. Yeah. And I look back and I'm no word of a lie. There was people, their phones were out, pictures were being taken. Nothing wrong with it. Obviously, that bear made its way farther and, you know, people felt comfortable enough to stop and take a picture. But again, I try and signal there's something there people stop to see what I was pointing at as opposed to keep going. 
Um, and then I had one time where I pointed it out, everybody saw, and then people just darted. Um, and it's like the group kind of got separated there for a second because we were at a, an, a, a nexus on the trail where there's a bunch of trails that kind of like meet in this and one they area. Got, they got spooked. And they just, I pointed that way. They all looked, they went, Oh my God. And <laughs> so, um, you know, it's just funny how it. No. And that's, that's looks, why I know. ask. Cause it's, uh, you never know how people are going to react. Right. They're either going to think of the right thing and just keep on going. Okay. Yeah. I see it. Let's just keep going. Mosey on our way, leave him alone. We'll keep doing our thing. And then there's people who are like, oh my God, a bear. Let's take some photos. And then you have the a third where it's like, oh my God, a bear. And they freak out and don't even think about, you know, just continuing with the group. They'll you spread, like you said. So with, with that being said, so we would covered a bit of first aid, a bit of survival kit. And like I said, like I, I, I've been writing for, you know, six years, seven years, maybe. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm really not good with time. I'd have to look at when I bought my first quad till like today. It's probably a lot. See, my, my daughter's going to be 10. And my first quad, she was a, a year and a bit old. So, you know, um, actually, no, she was walking around then. So I'd say about two years old. So I'm going to say yeah, about eight years I've been riding. And even though I've been riding for eight years, I'm still learning. So as I go out there and get information and talk to people, um, again, don't ever be afraid to ask. Don't ever be afraid to be too prepared. Um and you know like who would have ever thought like again if you have anything that you want to add to this list or anything that you'd like to share go ahead please comment below um, we'd love to hear from you for sure 100 um, percent the more we know the more we share the better aware that we are i don't know if you agree with that sky 100 um, you know um we, we're great community everywhere i've been with riders uh, people have been super awesome helping out sharing um i've never been in there in a situation like you said where that group of wide riders when they realized that you guys were you know needed a hand there was no problem for them to help out like there's never been a situation where i've ever seen riders drive by a situation that could have used a hand and kept driving yeah people it doesn't matter what always you... stop yeah and for for everybody out there you know awesome keep it up like it's it's great this it's another reason why i love this sport so much well it's not even you know the uh four wheelers uh or your single track um dirt bikes it's even on sleds you know i've been in the mountains where i've had a situation and we weren't asking for help we just had a little group uh our little group kind of huddled in the area because of our situation and that can be another story but uh multiple uh, people from other groups came to check us out to find out what was going on and if they needed to help us out or not. Um, and that's without waving our arms, calling for help, anything like that. We were just dealing with what we needed to deal with. And people still saw something that didn't seem right and came to check out. And that's, again, like you said, that's why I also love this sport is because everyone is willing to lend a hand when something is going wrong. So now so, that we kind of, that kind of covered a little bit of, you know, taking care of ourselves i have a question for you what's that do you have a story where you've been prepared or not prepared uh and which one is it and then you know 
if it's not prepared, uh, what didn't you have and what, what do you wish you had? And then if you were prepared, you know, what helped you out? Okay. My first ride when I bought my Articat. So I bought an Articat Mud Pro and I just picked it up at the dealership. And uh, I'm going to say this is the, the not prepared scenario and for people that don't know what an Articat Mud Pro is. That is an ATV, correct? Yeah, it's a yeah ATV quad. Um, so I just picked it up at the dealership. Um, it's on the back of my truck and I was itching to take this out and try it, take this out and try it. So a couple text messages here, a few Facebook messages, got a couple of guys together, just not a big, it was just me and I think two other guys. Um, we're just going to go to our local area down here. Um, and go riding it's just a place a local area people go to they ride it's nothing big nothing extravagant it's it's fun um but it's like in our backyard so nobody thinks anything of it right um so i just want to go put a couple kilometers and see what this thing can do yep well a couple of kilometers turned into four or five kilometers away from the truck and that four or five kilometers turned into six kilometers away from the truck and we stopped to have a break. And that's when one of the guys noticed that I had a low tire. And I'm like, oh, wow, well, that kind of sucks. And we went to it and we could hear air coming out of the tire. Not good. <laughs> so it was coming out of the valve. With everybody combined, we had a tire plug kit, yes. We had an air compressor, yes. But not one person had a tool to just tighten the pin in the valve because that's yeah. what was leaking. You know, I None thought most. Us. I thought most of the tire kits come with that nowadays, but maybe I guess maybe I'm wrong. Not what we had. And again, like I said, this is an unprepared one, right? So when the tire kit came out. It was missing half the pieces. It had the T for the plug and it had half of a plug and it had a couple of valve caps. Okay. Everything else was missing. Yeah, Usually they have the valve core, which, which is what you needed to tighten and then the valve core tool. But Hey, I guess every kit's different, but that's all that was there. And then the, 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 the cheap, again, the cheap, cheaply bought air compressor that had no options, no nothing. Uh, I'm pretty sure on a good day, if you put that onto a pedal bike tire, it would probably take 12 hours to pump it up. Uh, <laughs> but again, that's being unprepared. I had absolutely nothing. This is a brand new machine. She, yeah. You just wanted to get on the shiny. trail. I had literally, I didn't even have a backpack. I had a little bottle of water like this right here, 500 milliliter bottle of water. Um, two cups for our American friends. Um, <laughs> and uh, that was in the little cubby. That's all I could fit in that cubby. And my cell phone. Because I was just going to try it out. Well, I decided to turn around and try and get to the truck and beat the flat. Um, it turned out that I was able to get my bike back to the main trail. And the main trail is a well-traveled trail. 
Um, people go up and down it with their trucks, their Jeeps and stuff like that. So I was able to get my bike to the main trail and then double with somebody back to the truck and then come in with my truck and load it that way. Um, let me tell you one thing, loading a quad onto a truck with ramps with a low front tire is not fun. Yeah. It's not fun. Um, so that's my little unprepared story. I know it's nothing huge. It's nothing extravagant, but like I said, it was right in my backyard. Never thought anything could happen. Brand new machine. And you know what? Again, yes, people. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But when's the last time that, that I'm not blaming the person, but what's the last time that the person checked their tire repair kit? When's the last time did they check the functionality of that air compressor? Yeah. No damage done, no harm. We weren't really far away, you know, but still that could have been way worse. Yep. You know, we could have been in a situation where, you know, the bike would have had to been ditched. The quad would have had to been ditched and I would have had to double all the way out and either take the tire off and bring it out and repair it and bring it back or go get the proper tool and come back. Um, but either, or like I said, not much of a little thing, but it, it did put a spoke in the wheel cause our ride was done. Yes. <laughs> so. Okay. Well, you went with the not prepared. I actually have a prepared and uh, this story actually goes back to where I believe we first met. Uh, so Which we was met... a that was a ride and a half. <laughs> so we met at Bear Mountain, correct? Yep. Okay. Now I've got two stories, but this one came, you know, involved you in a way. Uh, now I'm pretty sure because we went out and now for people that don't know, uh, two different towns, Fort St. John, BC and Grand Prairie, Alberta come together to meet halfway at Dawson Creek and go to Bear Mountain. We had roughly, what, 33 or 38 people or something like that show up. And that's machines. That's not people. It was something in the 30s, I remember, because it was a huge... There was there was 38 riding out on the trails, but that's not counting all the people that stayed back at their trailers that were camping. Yes, yeah. And there, yeah, and most of the people weren't even camping. There was, there was a good chunk, but mo a lot of people just drove that day, such as ourselves. Now... I could be wrong at, at this part of the story, but I'm pretty sure it was one of your friends or the, that came with your group that hit something was going on with this quad. And the only way we could get it started was by boosting it. Um, I can't remember what the quad was, but I think that was the Honda. Was it the Honda? Okay. Yeah. So I didn't want to Listen, say it, it, my, it was my a Honda. Mates. So all the Honda bashers <laughs> out there. Okay. This is for you, right? For all the Honda bashers. So the first time I've ever seen a Honda get towed out of the bush. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> so, yeah. So I ended up having booster cables, a small set of booster cables uh, in my cat. And I was able to help you guys out, boost him to get him going but then it wouldn't stay going or I can't remember what the actual yeah. issue was, but uh, we were able to get started, but then, you know, you guys said you're going to get him out and then you ended up towing him or you and somebody else told him. Um, 
but I just, those, I just, that was, uh, I had my Polaris Sportsman 570. Yes. Um, and, and mine was starting to have issues because this was May long weekend. It snowed, right? Last and minute we were, snowed. Huge yeah, dump. Yeah, huge dump of snow. Um, and we were going through some pretty deep water crossings um, and stuff. And my fan froze up. So mine was hit and miss. His was like, wouldn't stay running. So there was a, a person there. Uh, she had an Articat Mud Pro 1000. She had the bigger machine, the stronger machine and the trails that we were at and all these water crossings that we had to do. Um, her machine was the best out of the bunch that were willing. I wouldn't say willing, but the, the bunch that were heading back to the trucks to pull the machine. So, yeah. Um, and I remember now that you bring it up, let's go back to the unprepared. Nobody having a tow rope. Oh, I didn't realize that. Um, so a ratchet strap was came into play, and well, got I didn't realize you guys a, didn't have a tow rope. Well, what happened was because the group was so large, once we figured out what we were doing, people kept they they kept going right. Yeah, because we're we're not going to hold back a whole bunch of people. We already had a small group of people going back to the truck, anyways. Yeah. Uh, so and it's just like, do you have a tow rope? Do you have a tow rope? Yeah. You, you know, like all I seriously, I think the only thing I had was a bungee cord. And I'm like, you, you don't tow with a bungee. Cord. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes for a good, you know, good story, I guess. But, you don't, you just don't do it. Um, but yeah, we a ratchet strap. Somebody had a ratchet strap and, and it's not the ratchet part, but just the longer part. Yeah, they they made shift and, and it worked. It worked. But. What's a Honda weigh fifty pounds? Like so then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an easy pullout. But again, you were prepared. You had booster cables, and if I remember, you were probably the only one that had a set of booster cables that day. And that's what I was going to bring up with that story: is you don't always hear of people having a set of booster cables with them for that scenario. Now, again, bringing going back to uh, Putting being in a scenario and learning from that is why I had booster cables because of my old Polaris Sportsman 500 is an 06 and it had electrical issues. And randomly, we were able to, uh, we had some wire with us in one of the machines out of our family group, and it was able to get me back. Uh, running the machine and get back to the truck. And now so this, ever this since one's then, for all this one's for all the Polaris bashers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so so it got us back to the trail or back to the truck, but it wasn't an actual set of booster cables. So that is since then I've carried a set of cables to be able to boost a machine that has a dead battery. If they have an electric issue or whatever, you're able to start that machine and get out, right? Because a lot of people don't have a second battery just sitting around with them on the trail to put into another machine that's dead. Um, and that's and it's better than getting towed out if you can keep the machine running, right? Yeah. Um, so another... speaking... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Go. I was going to go in and, and, and pick your brain on since we were talking about a couple of uh, mishaps, like mechanical-wise. Yeah. Um, leads us into repair kits. Yeah, which was my next story. Perfect. <laughs> okay, so uh, this is a camping trip. We were doing a week-long trip, 
and it's uh, tip. The whole trip was planned to go for five days camping, five days riding. Uh, now every day we are getting back to the camper, uh, having a fire, relaxing, and then the next day going riding. Uh, we went down to Tumbler Ridge, and this one particular day we—I don't remember what mountain it was—but we go to the top of this mountain. And right when we get up there, it gets super foggy. You can't see nothing. And it's pretty eerie because the way the trail is, you do have your drop off and then you have the side of the mountain. And so the only thing you can see is the 20 feet ahead of you and the taillights of the next machine. Otherwise, it's just fog surrounding you. Uh, if I can find some photos, I'll put some photos up. I know they're somewhere in the hard drive. So on our way back... Um, it, it's starting to get really stormy like but we're in the trees at this point of the mountain and we're we're about midway down um next thing i know my castle nut lets go on my left front uh side of the machine and this is where having the proper tools can get you going so i have the proper tools so the the cotter pin sheared Castle nut has loosened off, so my, my tire's all wobbly. So we find the closest, biggest tree that we can find, winch myself, my front end, off the ground, and uh, take out the toolkit, which is a full-on socket set. So, I mean, I've got a Stanley's, you know, I can't, I'm sure on a sale price, I probably spent, you know, 50 bucks on it. But it's one of those kits that has uh, multiple sockets, your 3.8s, your uh half inch and your quarter inch drive uh in there and it's a, a decent size that fits in the in the cargo box of the side by side um and that was able to get the tire off the cast nut tight i had extra cotter pins put the cotter pin in tire back on and now at this point when we just got the, the side by side winched up it's pouring on us um so we're working this on the rain, in the rain, got it all done, getting down the trail. The ladies are worried about us because now it's dark um, and we were supposed to be back in time. We had our cell phones, but we're in the middle of the mountains, no cell service. So uh, now it's a group of three machines. Um, but because of the tools, we weren't leaving a machine behind and jumping in or on other machines. We were able just to work on it and get back to the campsite safe and sound. So having the proper tools, you know, uh, and that's, you know, I carry a full socket set. I carry extra pliers, whether it be channel locks, uh, you know, wire cutters, uh, just, you know, your average uh, pliers. I don't even know what to call them, actually. Um, uh, you know, I now have a, uh, a tire wrench uh, that you actually would normally put in a truck, but this one's from here in Canada, Princess Auto, um, and it actually uh, collapses inside itself. So you can actually pull it out from inside itself, put it in, and now you have a working uh, uh, tire iron for multiple size uh, lug nuts. And that really helps for those uh, torqued on lug nuts that you can't get off and you're trying to, you know, just a little half inch drive socket wrench won't do the trick. You need a, a snipe to be able to really, or, you know, be kicking it, something to hammer on the socket set. So that tire wrench has, has helped in other scenarios, um, which is why we have it. And for 30 bucks, uh, 
we have one in each of our machines uh, to help with that. Um, like you said, tow rope. Tow ropes aren't expensive. Uh, a snatch block. You know, I really wish I had a snatch block on my last ride. Uh, but we were luckily enough able to use a tree as a snatch block um, and uh, get myself out of this, this hole. So there's, we're, we're going to edit, we're going to edit that part. So the environmentalists don't hear it, <laughs> but just them, the rest <laughs> of you will be able to hear that. <laughs> exactly. It was a tree friendly winch cable. It was designed. Well, I do have tree savers. It, it was, it was designed by engineers in the Serengeti. Yeah, exactly. And that, <laughs> well, that's another thing is a lot of people carry tow ropes, but they don't have tree savers. Now I have two tree, tree savers in my kit so that you're not wrecking the tree. Um, because your normal winch cable will choke out a tree and, and kill it. Right. Yep. For sure. Uh, which people don't realize that will happen. Now, the tree sling. A lot of people call them tree Or a tree slings. sling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a tree can be your best friend. Like you said, it, I've seen people, like you said, just lift their machine right up on a tree and change ball joints, tie rods. Uh, exactly. Uh, and stuff like that. Um, so it seems like you're pretty much, well, you're pretty loaded. Uh, yeah, I haven't even gotten to the stink of it. But yes, I have... I, uh, out of all the different scenarios I've been in with my past machines, um, or seen people in and wish I had it, I'm then make sure I have it. I have it in my kit so that most at, at most I can, we can at least somewhat get you, uh, whoever's riding with me, get you repaired and out off of the trail instead of leaving a machine behind. Now, if you were to take that, and put it in a backpack. What would I bring with me? What would you bring out of that? I would out of a backpack. Well, or, I bring the... or you're downsizing because you know obviously you you ride a side by side. Yeah. Um. So you do have the storage. Yeah. Um. So now, if you were quadding, you'd probably have to downsize that. Now, obviously, quad is not going to require the same tools as a side-by-side -side. a side-by-side -side, you're technically it's a dune buggy slash it's it's own some of them well, are almost as, as heavy what's, as jeeps what's funny so. is other than my dry bags that sit behind my seats which carry my extra clothes um so i carry even more extra clothes than i used to on my atv you can actually out of all the gear that i bring uh would be able to fit into my old ATV with the, with the cargo box. Uh, it's just, I've changed how everything's stored so that they're uh, dry in case my storage box got soaked somehow. Right. So instead of just being in the storage box, a willy nilly, they're in their own separate dry boxes uh, to stay more organized. But if I was to lift off, list off things, it would be the first aid kit, your uh, tire, uh, patch kit with compressor dry clothes uh, i always have a bag of snacks you know i have granola bars um crackers um they're the fruit i don't know what the fuck granola they're like a granola bar but they're the fruit filled ones um 
Uh, I always have drinks, you know, some water bottles or juice boxes because of the kids. And then for tools would be your pliers, zip ties, uh, screwdriver of whatever sort. So like if, if your machine's a Torx, a Phillips, a Robertson, whatever your machine requires, I would carry that. Uh, so like the cat, I require Torx. So I carry a couple uh, T25s and another size. And then if I was able to, if I couldn't fit my whole socket set, I would make sure for at least my machine, I had the appropriate socket sizes. So a 17 mil uh, lug nut uh, wrench, a, because I went to the uh, aftermarket um, axles, I would do the uh, 32 mil socket um, for the castle nut. Um, I would do the, uh, you know, your half inch drive socket wrench and then any adapters to go to the smaller ones if needed. Because at least with just being the socket wrench and the sockets, you can, it's more compact, right? And yes, I won't be able to help maybe other machines, but at least I can get me pulled apart or tightened up to get off the trail. Uh, and then your tow rope at, at minimal. And I know I could fit all that in a backpack or my, my tote because I have done it or the cargo box. Now, uh, you know, the cargo box, if uh, I could fit that in your stock cargo box, if you had an aftermarket cargo box, well, then you can definitely fit more. Now, with the dry clothes and that, um, I'm just talking, you know, a thermal sweater, extra pair of socks and a T-shirt. Uh, I don't normally carry extra pants if it's not available for room, but at least the thermal sweater, um so uh socks and uh oh and a toque um you know you can take off your wet clothes put on dry and keep your main areas warm because your feet in your head and your main center of body let out the most heat so that that's basically what i can think off the top of my head well you just uh that's like, like you mentioned earlier, all the rides that you've experienced, all the stuff that you've been through, you just prepared yourself for the next time, the next time, the next time. Yeah. Um, if you were to give, if you were to take that, let's say, let's a little challenge. I, I'm, I'm putting the challenge out to you, right? So. Okay. Um, I'm cheating because I got the I got a list in front of me, right? <laughs> so if you were to you know give somebody you know hey, if you had spot for ten things, just ten items. Ten items. What would these ten items be? Okay, now my question is not the first day, not the survive. We're talking like tool wise, like. You okay, know. just tools. So my first tip right off the bat is know your machine. Okay. Uh, good one. Very good one. Know, the reason I say know your machine is because if you don't know how to, to maintain it and pull it apart, you're not going to know what to look for that's something that's broken or how to put it back in its place when it's broken. 
Um, cause it, you know, it can That's be so a very, broken. very excellent point. Uh, so knowing your machine, for example, I was able to start listing off the exact socket sizes I require from my personal machine that I have in my kit, right? Whether it be the castle nut, uh, a 10 mil, um, a arm nut, uh, you know, a 10 mil goes a long way on multiple machines or vehicles. Uh, and that's why the joke goes that a 10 mil has never been able to be, is never be able to be found when needed because it's used for so many. I always found that the 10 mil is whenever you find a really good deal on a ratchet set, 10 mil is the one that's not there. <laughs> it goes from nine to nine. 11. <laughs> so there's a reason why it's not there. Um, probably because the engineers that design this stuff needed the 10 mil back in the factory to fix something. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so yeah, number one, knowing machine number two, your basic tools. Uh, so we can say a set, uh, you know, your, if you went to buy a plier set, you would get your cutters, your normal grips and, um, your needle. We'll just like, pliers whether yeah. it's a kit or just pliers yeah so exactly pliers um you want you know either uh twine your hate your your bale, baler twine or zip ties so some some type of material or the the tube tire to be able to tie something tight together and keep it in its position that you've attached that um securement to uh so your, some type of fastener Fastener, yeah, there you yeah, go. Zip ties, uh, duct tape, tire tube, whatever your trick is. So what are we um, at now? If you're in, Viet I guess if you're in Vietnam riding, you could use bamboo, right? Just get some bamboo and wrap that around there pretty good. That's a fastener. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is that number four? I, don't uh, I think so, yep. Um, next would be your uh, tow rope. Okay. Uh, I would hope you have a winch on your machine, but a tow rope. Uh, whether it be a wrenches or socket set. Okay. So if if you know, uh, you know, and I have both. I have a socket set and I have a set of wrenches. Um, uh, so either of those, you don't have to have both. Tape. I have electrical tape and flagging tape with me electrical tape once it's wrapped a few quite a few times it's pretty strong um unless it's being pulled on it can slip through but depending what you need to use it for uh, electrical tape works great especially if you get the uh cold weather because it's good up to minus 35 uh we use it at work all the time so that's one of the reasons as well why i carry it is because i'm used to using it in working conditions um flagging tape reason for that is if there's a danger zone or something sticking out that shouldn't be that's hard to see until you get up close we flag it off for the next travelers that are down the trail or in the future so that everybody so your your flagging tape is would be your repair a part of your repair kit uh yeah i guess i can't well it's tape so that's why i included it in there um it's a fastener it's yeah that's true yeah it is it, a fastener. I've seen people, okay, don't laugh, but I've seen people tie their mirrors back on with with uh, flagging tape. Well, yeah, if you, I've yeah, seen, you're right. I've seen people uh, tie their water bottle 
to a handlebar because they didn't have anything where anywhere to put their 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 water bottle. Yeah. So yeah. So I, I'm just I'm not you know I'm not saying anything. It, it's a fastener. It, it is fastener. Yeah. It, it can work in your repair kit. Uh. Also, it can be used as a tourniquet. Yeah. Um, you can also use flagging tape to uh, if you had to splint a leg or splint an arm. Which is exactly what we use both for the electrical tape and the um, flagging tape when we, well, we also even use a ratchet strap actually <laughs> to uh, <laughs> splint my leg when we're on top of the mountain. So another story later on. Um, that We'll save that for an episode. We'll call it, uh, well, maybe we'll get, maybe get, maybe get a couple callers in and share some, some, I wouldn't say injuries like gruesome, but maybe some incidences where they had to help somebody out like because of medical reasons or an accident or how they've been helped. Exactly. Uh, what else do I, can you say for a repair kit? Um, now everybody needs to bring a MIG welder. You gotta have a MIG <laughs> welder. <laughs> yeah. Cause exactly. you just never know. Right. Because you know what? If I can't get to that bear spray, I'm going to get to that MIG welder. And that bear better keep moving. Because well, I don't have it, but Ether, you know, uh, will help you, depending on your uh, machine, can help you, you know, not in a, in a good way of for your machine, but can start your machine or uh, blow up your tire back on the beat. Um, what other tools do I have that uh, I have a hatchet? Um, I don't have an axe because I just put on my cargo net, but axe is next now for, me. for every Articat owner that's out there. A hatchet is a necessity <laughs> because at one point in your Articat career, you will want to use that hatchet on the Articat. Yeah, exactly. There's many times I wished I had a hatchet for my Articat. But some But I'm not of... I'm not I'm not kicking the brand. It was a good brand, but I'm just throwing a joke out there for all you Articat bashers. Yeah. <laughs> uh now people are probably wondering, well, how's a hatchet a repair kit? Well, if you can't get your A arms or your tire back on your machine because you totally blew that side out, a hatchet will be able to uh chop up a dead tree on the side of the road so that you can use it as a ski to be able to pull your machine out. Yes, you're not repairing it, but you're doing your, you're getting the machine, you know, I'm going to say partially repaired to at least get it off the trail. Does that make sense? Yeah. And for your Articat owners, you can cut up a tree and place all the logs and pieces around Found your Articat. It. Then go into your survival kit, grab the lighter, and then the cotton balls with the Vaseline for your fire starter. Just place it ever so lightly, light it, and walk away. Articat fixed. <laughs> Again, I'm not bashing Articat, but this is for your Articat bashers. Uh... So this list that I found, I'm not going to take credit for this list. Um, I did a lot of searching, like, cause we talked about this, I think a few days ago about some, you know, we were exchanging ideas about, you know, cause 
hopefully one day we're going to get out there on the trail together and I always pick people's brain of what's out there and stuff. So I kind of looked out on the internet. I kind of found this list. I'm not saying this is the go-to list, but it was just kind of a list of 10 items that kind of like summarized things that could be helpful on the trail. Um, I myself, I've never had to do any major repairs on any of my machines on the trail. Um, The only, the worst thing I've ever had to deal with was either a flat tire or overheating machine. Um, which is another thing too that you'll get a lot of uh, uh, very quickly overheated machines. Some people bring uh, uh, water. Um, I've seen people bring uh, water guns um, and stuff like that. So they can shoot water into the radiator to get some mud and dust out and stuff like that. So weed sprayer. Yeah. Weed sprayer is another one full with water the whole bit. Um, So there's a lot of pretty cool things that people have, have been able to pack for that reason. But, I've never had to do, you know, st- uh, strap a ski, uh, you know, make a ski to limp my machine home or anything like that. Um, you know, knock on wood that I've never had to do that. But I've been riding with groups where, you know, there have been some repairs that were needed um, to get the machine back back to the truck. Before you um, uh, continue your list here. You mentioned something that some of our listeners may have caught on to, and I just want to elaborate on it. You said, hopefully when we get together and go out on a trail, for those who are listening, we are both in two different parts of the province, which is uh, five hours away from each other. So we have not been able to uh, line up our work days off to get together recently to go riding so hopefully in the near future we're going to but with that five hour difference um isn't stopping us to do this podcast because of the the love of the sport um but it is unfortunately holding us back to at least ride together on the same trail at the same time right um yeah yeah um i'm on the west side of alberta you're on the east side so yeah, hopefully we can uh, get together and uh, hopefully never have to use any of these kits that we're talking about. <laughs> yes, exactly. But the, o- the only kit that I would really like to use is once we're back and we're around the fire, um, there's a little kit that I, I always save at the truck or I save back at the camp. Is that your little um, sparkling fire changer? <laughs> I, no, no, this is the kit. I, I call it uh, the adult kit, right? A lot of bubblies in there. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So when we're all back at the campfire and share a few drinks and some good stories, um, there's also that kit too. But again, you know, moderation. Um, So this list, this 10 list that I thought was, I don't know, for a guy that's still building. And again, you know, eight, nine years, still building, right? So... To summarize it, I guess. Um, So this is called 10 required tools in your ATV kit or side by side or whatever. Um, This would probably even work for, you know, dual sport, dirt bike, um, anybody riding any machinery out there, I guess, on the trails. Um, So the first on the list was a tire pressure gauge. Um, We've talked about compressors. We've talked about repair kits, all kinds not once that either one of us ever mentioned a tire pressure gauge. Nope. Um, sometimes the compressors can give you an idea what's on there. I've never seen an actual pocket size compressor 
gauge be accurate. It's normally one of the first things that goes on those uh, air compressors, but tire pressure gauge was one. This number two was tire plug repair kit. Um, and however you would, you would find that there's smaller kits, there's larger kits that would have, you know, your plugs, your T handle, have your CO2 cartridges, all that stuff. Um, they're actually, um, who is it? Colpin, I think has a really good kit. Uh, so if you look it up, Colpin is, is an aftermarket accessory, um, company and, uh, they have a pretty, pretty good tire kit. I think what's the other one? Slime. Uh, slime or slime. tire slime we've i've used it lots in my but there's my uh, the company that they're, they're called slime or tire slime they actually make tire slime and they actually have a tire kit as well uh which is kind of neat it actually comes in a tube and that tube is can also be used as a manual pump which is really neat um so that's cool that, that was that was kind of neat i don't know how effective it is but, you know i'd like to try it one day um, the next thing down the list was a T handle set. Um, if you can't bring wrenches or sockets or anything like that, you can always find these T handle sets that you can exchange the bits with sockets and, 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 and bits for, uh, and sometimes some of the bolts, the stuff you got to get to are in a pretty narrow area and these little T handles, you can get a little bit more grip and you can get your hand around them, work a little bit better out on the trail. Cause sometimes on the trail, you don't have that hoist or that lift or, you know, the convenience of what you would have back at the garage. Um, the other uh, number four here, an Allen wrench set, um, whether like yeah, you mentioned, you ride Articat, so you have a lot of torque. So you'd have, you know, a torque wrench set as opposed to an Allen wrench set. Again, know your machine. Um, pliers, you mentioned pliers, um, a kit of pliers, um, wire cutters, um, you know, wire strippers, pliers. If it's something that can grab a hold of something for you, whether it be, uh, uh, you know, even line lineman's pliers, any type of pliers will come in handy out there on the trail. Um, you touched base on this about your machine and the problem you had out on the mountain An ATV axle wrench. So basically a, a wrench or a socket that, you know, if your castle nut comes off or, you know, any problems with your axle or, you know, you have that size or something, even a big um, channel lock, you know, if you can get a channel lock pliers on it, it's probably not ideal, but it's probably good to get to use. Um, ratchet extension bar. I know a lot of people out there, you know, like I'm not going to go around with a great big bar on the back of my machine or whatever like that, but there are tools that, you know, people can use to pry, right. To, to get more leverage. Um, people have linked wrenches together and stuff well, like that. Right. And that's one reason why I like that tire wrench that I talked about is it, because if, it, do they, does that Prince princess auto still sell that? Like yes. if it does, maybe throw that up. Uh, I'll throw um, that up. I, I can't remember the exact name. They give it a different name, but uh, yeah, the, the half of it comes it's inside of its itself. And what's nice is the, the larger, uh, piece of it is able to be act as a um as a snipe for your socket wrench when you need to loosen or tighten something up right so you're not having to carry that extra pipe because you're actually carrying a multi-purpose tool in a way right yeah also if you run out of air spray and you didn't bring your mig welder that ratchet extension bar 
that could thump that bear pretty good. If it's that close, I'll use it. I thought you were going to call I, I, use a throwing star or a fucking no no uh, no nothing boomerang. against bears nothing against bears I love bears Winnie the Pooh Honeypot awesome but what I see out there on the trail he can go that way I can go this way um next down on the list toe strap um you mentioned a toe strap um here's one thing and I'm hoping one day that uh one one of the people that I ride with I'm hoping one day um he can call in to the show um, because this next item on the list, when I saw this, um, the story that he has to share, it's an interesting story. And this is one of these things that this day ride turned into almost a 20 plus hour ride. So I'm hoping one day, I'm, I'm pretty sure he, he, he'll, he'll call in and I'll, I'll have him tell a story. Um, but the next thing on the list, a bolt kit. How many people have a spare lug nut? There are spare lug nuts. How many people have a spare lug nut bolt that comes, you know, through your, through your wheel? Um, you wouldn't believe how many people have broken a stud, a wheel stud, or lost a lug nut uh, and stuff like that. And they're like, how do I get this tire? Well, you don't have any spare lug nuts or wheel studs. Um, you can actually buy kits. Um, I know Polaris has a kit. You can actually go to Polaris and buy a bolt kit specifically for your machine. Um, I believe Yamaha has one as well, and it'll come in a dish and there'll be enough bolts and wheel studs in that plastic container that you can repair. I believe, I don't know. I don't think it's all four wheels, but you can repair, I believe two, two wheels if you really had to. Um, so I have a story on that. I'm not going to tell the whole story, but that is one reason why I have two in my kit. I don't have two studs, but I have two lug nuts is because uh, buddy had his machine worked on at the dealership and we went out for a ride. He did not check to make sure that his lug nuts were torqued or retorqued after being at the dealership. And we're so many kilometers in the trail. Now this trail that we were doing uh, is, you know, actually the same trail that uh, you and I were on, but we just went a different path. So it was a 55 kilometer trail by the end of the day. Um, uh, I, th I think that was actually maybe one way, but anyways, it doesn't matter. Um, he lost all four lug nuts on the trail and the tire went past him <laughs> on the trail. So we had to winch the machine sideways to get the machine right off the ground. Luckily, somehow we were able to find three out of the four, which got him through the rest of the day. Cause we had the proper tools to make sure they were nice and tight. But you know, he went and got all new studs and lug nuts, you know, um, from the dealership. And then that is when I went and got myself an extra two, just in case if something like that ever happened to me. Uh, because, you know, now going from, you know, uh, four down to three, anything can happen or four down to zero and not being able to find those now what are we going to do right we're going to be yeah. putting on a ski and winching that thing towing that right out of the trail 
Yep. And so, yeah. And when I saw that, I'm like, yeah. So uh, that's definitely one thing I'm going to look in to see if Yamaha has a bolt kit. I'm, I'm hoping they do. I did see one online, but it wasn't for my machine particularly. So I'm hoping I can find one for my machine. Um, the next thing, screwdriver, uh, multi-use screwdriver, multi-head chain screw. If you, you know, if you're, if you're worried about so, space and you can't have, uh, you don't have lots of storage, there, you can get a multi-screwdriver that you can change the heads um, if you really need to. Um, another thing to now, I rec, I want to rec- for, make a recommendation on that for for screwdrivers, flat heads, two flathead screwdrivers. Believe it or not, you can change a tire right off your rim. You can put a tire right back on the rim with two flat screwdrivers. If you know how to do it, yes. <laughs> so, um, and that was basically the last thing on the list there. Um, so basically, um, I think basically from what I've read and kind of what I'm, I'm researching, um, you don't necessarily want to rebuild your machine out there. You, you just want to be able to you know, limp it as, as they say, limp it back home. Um, yeah. It, so that being so able to not deal with it overnight. Yeah. So, cause it, there's many stories like, you know, it has happened where people just leave their machine overnight and come back the next day. But you know, it's, if you can limp it back home and, and take care of it in, in a better environment, that's, that's always good to have. Now that screwdriver set, the multi-tool screwdriver set, I want to make a recommendation, and that is to not have the um, multi-tool set that has the individual bits. You're going to drop them, or they're going to fall out of its package, and you're not going to find them in the grass or dirt. Get the screwdriver that you just slide, the, the, whichever Phillips, Robertson, Flathead, whatever, uh, whatever you need on the screwdriver itself, so it's always a, attached to itself. I have one and uh, you know, it's right there. So I'm not going back and trying to find a little bit and then hoping the magnetic is holding it while I'm working on the machine and then pulling out and realizing that little, that little attachment is gone somewhere in the dirt, snow, grass, whatever it's get the multi-tool that's all fully attached and doesn't uh, become disassembled. And again, no way. Like, are we saying that we are experts we are um, no, no, just experience. Um, we're we're just guys that go out. We love riding. We've been we've been, we've both been into situations. Uh, we've both been around situations. Like I said, I'm always learning every day. I reach out. I ask people. Um, basically, be prepared. Um, you can never be over prepared. Um, you could always be under prepared. Um, and that's the one thing that you know. This whole thing about talking and and, and reaching out to people is. Um, just be aware like yes it's your backyard but your backyard can become really really big well and that's when when you're in a situation when a lot you know if uh they they say that most of the time that people get in the most dangerous situations is in their own backyard because they feel the most comfortable in that area and unfortunately the most incidences normally happen and an area that you're quite familiar with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just like, and again, if anybody out there has anything to share about first aid kits, survival kits, packing ATV gear, tools, any type of advice, anything you'd like to share, 
Again, we're not experts. We're just, we're out there. We're talking, we're having a conversation. We're reaching out to everybody out there. Um, there's a lot of people probably listening in right now that are just hearing these things for the first time. And there's probably things that we didn't touch on. Uh, please share, like grow this conversation, um, share your knowledge, share your experience. Again, below, comment, links, whatever. Um, reach out. We'd love to hear from you. Um, again, um, I'm sorry, Sky, but having an Articat, you just have to bring all those tools. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, like I, I'm surprised you haven't hooked up the, the welder yet. Um, what, what's <laughs> funny is actually all the experiences I have leading into what I carry nowadays is actually because of my player Sportsman 500. Otherwise, and, and there's other situations, you know, I've had a Honda trikes that you had to do certain things, you know, um, uh, but most of it was actually due to my players, but a lot of people think it's because of my Articat and that's actually not wrong. That's wrong because I mainly just broke axles, things like that. Now it was the type of riding that I did. Uh, but it's, I, you know, there is a lot of things wrong with Articat or Polaris or Honda or Can-Am, but my kit I can actually say is not due to my Articat. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just, I'm pretty sure we just, you know, it was kind of covered like some of the things that I've found out. Uh, and one of the things that I mentioned earlier that I did want to share with everybody, um, when I was having a conversation with uh, our local search and, uh, search and rescue. Uh, and I just want to give a big thumbs up to those, those boys and girls out there all over our, our Canada, all over the world. Um, paramedics, um, search and rescue people. Um, you know, like here in Alberta, we have STARS Ambulance. Um, we have technical search and rescue. Um, you know, our paramedics, like, like my hat's off to these people. Um, you know, a lot of these, like, you know, technical search and rescues, not-for-profit, STARS is not-for-profit. Um, they all rely on donations. Um, so hopefully you've never have to call these people in to, to help you out. Um, but, uh, they're very good source of information. Um, if you do go on their websites and stuff, they do have some really good links some really good source of information. Um, reach out. Um, if you're not in Alberta, likewise, uh, BC across Canada, you know, um, there are people you can reach out. There are institutes. They're not just there in case of emergency. Now don't call the emergency line and say, Hey, I'm going riding. What do you recommend for an ATV riding kit? Um, that's not what the emergency line is for. Um, there are links on the pages, reach out. Um, they actually have many, many links and, and many resources to help you plan for a better day. Uh, no matter what your outdoor activity is. Um, go out there with a good day, good plan, come home safe, right? That's, that's the end of the day. One of the things that was shared to me that I'd like to share with everybody out there. Um, if you don't know about this app, it's, um, I was just introduced to it. It was a, it's a phenomenal app. I'm just going to grab my phone here. Um, this app is called adventure smart. Um, basically a phenomenal, phenomenal app. Um, you can open it up. You can plan your ride. Um, you can literally pinpoint on a map where you're going to be. You can describe where you're unloading. You can describe how long you're going. You can list your whole itinerary. 
You can also add an emergency contact um, and you can have a time, an estimated time that you will be safely back to the truck. So for example, if I'm going to ride locally, I can say I'm going to my local riding area at this staging area. I'm planning on going for four hours. These are the trails I'm gonna hit. I'm planning on being back at the truck at four o'clock in the afternoon. If at four o'clock in the afternoon, I don't check in, it will actually send a text message or an email, whichever one you choose, to whoever my emergency contact is, which would be my wife. And she would get a text message and she would already know that because I would already text her my itinerary when I left. Um, and then it would send her a text going, Rolly hasn't checked in. And if she hits a button, it'll actually show her on the map where I am at that particular point. If I'm still in GPS satellite, if you have a phone with GPS, that's great. Um, it'll show her where I'm at. Um, so at that point, if the cell phone is working, we can reach out to each other and say, no, I'm just running late. I had a flat tire. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, the whole bit like that. If I can't check in, if she can't get a hold of me, then if she needs to, then she can take the next step and it'll show you where my phone's last pin location was. Not because I pinned it or the last time it lost communication. Phenomenal app. In this app, it has all kinds of tips for outdoor activities. Um, there's actual, I, I know it's kind of hard to see because it's so dark. Let's see if I can, or so bright. I turn it down a bit. No, still. Um, there is a part on here. This app is phenomenal. The one part that I, another part that I liked, it said survive outside. You can click on it. It shows you how to plan a trip, uh, outdoor survival tips, essentials. Um, so if I click on essentials, um, you know, here's a list of 10 things to bring out. Uh, flashlight, spare batteries, and a bulb, fire making kit, signaling device, whistle or mirror, extra food and water, one liter per person, um, extra clothing, rain, wind, water protection, and a toque. Um, navigation, communication aids, uh, first aid kit and how to use it, emergency shelter, pocket knife, sun protection, um, glasses, sunscreen, hat, whatever. So it kind of gives you a little essentials depending on your specific activity out there. Um, there's an activity specific uh, equipment. If I go through the list, it starts with a day hike. So this is for all you hikers out there. It gives a list of it, trail running, um, a list of items, you know, essentials that you should probably be packing with you, an overnight hike, um, camping, um, mountain biking, climbing, uh, orienteering, uh, hunting, ATV riding, horseback riding, dirt biking, caving, uh, geocaching, uh, fishing, alpine skiing, backcountry skiing, cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, snowmobiling, uh, sailing, uh, paddling, like there's a lot of outdoor activities on here, power boating, scuba diving, surfing. So this covers more than just riding. Um, it, it cover any, and, and it kind of gives you a basic list of essentials to be prepared. Um, this is a great app. Again, it's called um, Adventure Smart. Is that Adventure, correct? Adventure Smart Trip Plan. Um, look Adventure this Smart up. Trip. So it, we'll it's, have. It's, it's, it's free. 
Uh, you can get it on Apple. You can get it on Google. Um, it's so we'll free. have the link. Check it out. We'll have the link in the in the show notes down below. So please head on down there, click on the link, and you'll be able to be directed to the app if you're on Android or uh, Apple. It'll go to their website. And uh, definitely, I'm going to be downloading that app. I've never heard of them. That sounds great. Uh, it totally makes sense. Um, you know, instead of just it, 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 because anybody can, you know, think of, okay, I'm telling this person I'm going to go here. Um, but you know, you're, you're excited to go riding the, it's giving you a list of things to remember to do and to bring. Um, so I think, you know, we're going to end this episode at, uh, talking about this app because what better way to, to bring something to our, our listeners and um, what do you say, Roly? Like, uh, I, I lost my words here, but the I never thought, I never heard of this app. Um, and so having a trip planner and uh, providing that information for yourself every time you go out and being able to contact your, your emergency contact if you don't check in is uh, definitely the a great way now again your emergency contact is going to determine if there's an emergency so this app is not going to set up a bunch of bells and whistles and you're going to have search and rescue and 911 and all kinds of people coming in the woods to come get you speaking Um, of that sorry uh one thing that we never brought up and i'm sure a lot of people do is the the beacon um if you want a device that is going to send out an SOS you can get a small device I'm pretty sure it's called the beacon and there's multiple names for different ones they're a subscription based uh you know for a year plan and you take it with you it tracks you it sends out text messages um but when you are in a state of emergency you can hit an SOS and it will send someone like stars to your rescue when you are in a state of emergency so um, if you are going in the far back country, that is a great idea to take that item with you and have that su- subscription so that uh, you can immediately be in contact or send out a, a beacon uh, saying, hey, I'm here, I need help. And uh, within hours, you will be uh, hopefully uh, rescued uh, pending your, you know, um, uh Sending you <laughs> totally blanked out there, hitting your SOS, you will be rescued and safely at home with your loved ones. Um, so when you put this up for our viewers, would you mind putting a little bit of Jeopardy music in that little blank spot there that we had? That would be perfect. Unfortunately, we can't do that because it's copyright. So then uh you know our our video will be flagged but that is that is hilarious um Um, so again this app i was introduced to it um by search and rescue this app was put together by search and rescue specialists um outdoorsmen um they, they put this together it's free um there's no there's no excuse there it's free there's that's not an excuse to not check it out to try it out um, to the point that um, 
this could help you one day. It could, right? Um, and for our listeners, we are not sponsored. We are providing uh, a div- uh, an app or device that can help you or loved ones that maybe you share this with, you know, be prepared for the trail and getting off the trail. So again, this is not a sponsored ad. We're just providing information to fellow riders that are listening. For sure. So thanks everyone for tuning in to Spit and Dirt. We're Sky and Rolly, and we will see you in the next episode. You've been listening to Spit and Dirt. If it's trail adventures, product knowledge, or projects from the garage, we're talking about it. With 40 years combined experience, we're off-road enthusiasts sharing our experiences with all-terrain vehicles on and off the trail. We hope you had fun. We know we did, and we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram under the name Spittin' Dirt. Till next time.